0: Casey Carlisle. I decided to see if I can make myself prove my own hypothesis on the application of physics to the required
1: elements of competitive figure skating. Welcome to the Graveyard Slot where we talk about movies past their prime time.
0: Here, we revisit old favorites with a
1: fresh perspective to see if they deserve more credit or if they should stay buried. I'm Sohini. And I'm Sarah. And today we're talking about Ice Princess. Ice Princess follows Casey Carlisle a junior who discovers a love for figure skating when conducting a physics project for a scholarship application. It was released in 2005, directed by Tim Fywell, and the story was actually by Meg Cabot, the writer of children's novels. The Princess Diaries. Yeah, she wrote The Princess Diaries. And there's actually a blog post by her from way back in 2004 talking about how this was basically the first time she was screenwriting and how much she hated it. (laughs) And she talks about how the initial story she had sold to Disney was pretty different. So the story was initially, and I'm quoting her here, about a girl hockey player named Casey who moves to a new town so her hockey star brother can train for the Olympics and starts figure skating on the sly after she gets a job at the local ring concession stand and meets a bunch of figure skaters training for the Olympics. The love interest is the hunky Zamboni driver who also has a band.
0: So they literally just kept her name and the hunky Zamboni driver.
1: And the skating I guess. And the skating. But yeah, she she does talk about how she's really happy that they kept the hunky Zamboni driver. <laughs> I thought that was really interesting. I didn't realize this was Meg Cabot.
0: Yeah, neither did I. And actually, it is really refreshing to see someone admitting that they tried their hand at something and didn't really enjoy it. Because I feel like there are so many public figures these days who want to try everything and not necessarily because they're particularly interested in it, more for the money. But then they also pretend like it's been their lifelong passion to write a book or whatever it is and it gets tiring after a while
1: yeah for sure and she talks about how you know after she hands it off she knows that the production brought in like an actual screenwriter to make it better didn't work (laughs) wow I guess we know how you feel about this movie we haven't even started and I've just already started (laughs) criticizing the movie
0: I mean, in a way that is why we're here today to maybe not criticize, but scrutinize the movie because it actually happens to be one of Sarah's childhood favorites and we both thought it was pretty fun when we watched it. So, we wanted to see if the average ratings it's gotten are deserved. The individual reviews, some of them are so mean. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I have to say, they have fun with the reviews. They really, they did. really do. <laughs>
0: So I guess today we're going to set out to see if this movie deserves those pretty... Scathing. (laughs) Scathing to say the least. We want to see if the movie deserves them. For sure. I think the one that summed up my... Impression pretty well was one from Variety. It said a savvier movie and script might have been able to mix some grays into its black and white palette. And I think this is my main issue with the movie. I think it takes a pretty good stab at exploring some interesting themes, but the way the movie is executed, the characterization, the script—I just wish there had been a bit more nuance to it. Yeah. Also, if we are talking about scathing reviews, I do want to mention one from the Houston Chronicle, which said. suffering child. If something doesn't change and fast, she might wind up studying physics at
1: Harvard. <laughs> Which is like the horror. The right? horror. <laughs> yeah, I think I mostly agree, actually, except I think the bones are pretty clearly like delving into gray areas, but the script very much limits that structure and makes it black and white where initially it had never been that way.
0: Yeah. Either way, the script is a big problem.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. While well, the review I found was from Ellie Weekly, and it reads, Joan Cusack and Kim Cattrall bring some nice ambiguity to their thankless roles as the mothers, while pint-sized Kirsten Olsen and punked-out Juliana Canaroso, both professional skaters, leaven this Disney sugar plum with much-needed wit. The first thing I want to talk about is how I didn't realize that these two actors were actual skaters because they were actually the highlight of the movie for me in terms of acting I'm like surprised next to the other actual actors they were kind of better at some points (laughs) yeah even the
0: actor for our main character sometimes I was like please tone it down a little so their acting was so good I didn't even question the fact that they might not be professional actors.
1: The only thing I could think of was like, they're such good skaters, but I never <laughs> for a second thought they were professional skaters <laughs> because of how good they were in their roles. You're like, have they tried to do this thing professionally? Because <laughs> I think they'd be pretty good at it. But the second thing here is the thing about the role to mothers. Mm. Maybe it is the performance that injects this ambiguity and this complexity into the characters, but I think it's very much woven into the story because- these two do such shitty things throughout the movie, and at some points we see them as the antagonist, but we're also supposed to make connections with them we're supposed to build relationships with them and see their perspectives and even after everything goes down we just see them in a very human moment and i really like the bit that we did get
0: yeah i think they did a pretty good job writing the characters of the mothers i think they're sufficiently flawed that they come across as very human without us completely hating them, we can also sympathize with them and see where they're coming from. In that sense, they did a pretty good job of building these characters. I just, I still have some issues with
1: them (laughs) that we can discuss later on. Yeah, I do as well. All right, well, let's just jump into it. We will be discussing this movie chronologically, as usual, and we open with Casey skating on a frozen pond. Right off the bat, the music is very front and center and undoubtedly early 2000s.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I like that we start off by seeing Casey's reflection in the ice of the pond before we actually see her. I think it's pretty nice symbolism considering the whole film is Casey trying to figure out what her identity is and in a way it's like all she had to do was look down at the ice to find herself. That is
1: a great read I never noticed that. I do like that the first thing we do see her do is skating like she does have a background in this.
0: Yeah the fact that she does ice skate in her free time makes it really believable that she would end up falling into figure skating and i think it makes for kind of a realistic struggle as well where especially at the age casey is at where you're trying to decide what you're going to do with the rest of your life it's like are you going to pursue that traditional academic route or are you going to pursue something that's more risky but it's something that's close to your heart so i think that makes for a pretty solid foundation to build off of we even
1: see this further on later where she's watching skating competitions on tv and she's really into it and contrasted with her friend who's only casually watching it you see that this is an interest that she's always had and she's always had this fascination with it
0: right at the end of this scene there's also a moment where her mom is watching her fondly as she skates and she waits a moment before getting casey's attention which i thought was really sweet and it's also such a simple and quick way of establishing their dynamic you know the fact that they're really close and that There's this fondness and love there. Yeah, But then
1: we see Casey at school and her teacher (laughs) is talking to her while making toast using a contraption of burners and beakers and various supplies in the lab. (laughs) Yeah,
0: that cannot be safe nor hygienic. I wonder if this teacher has heard of
1: something called a toaster. Works pretty well in my experience. (laughs) Actually, I found this scene really interesting because we find out that Casey doesn't even realize that she's particularly gifted in physics. Nor is she actually particularly passionate about the subject. She's just good at it, but she's not super in love with it, which is a really interesting detail that I loved. But it also adds on to a problem that I have with the way they write her in that they always make her like speak in (laughs) formulas formulas and (laughs) theories. Even if she loves physics that much, that's not a real thing that people do. It's very much like a What are you talking about? I exclusively talk (laughs) in Shakespeare quotes because I love English
0: literature so much. Didn't you know? (laughs) Yeah, that is a really good point. My question is, I can understand that maybe she's not particularly passionate about physics and she hasn't thought about making it her career. But wouldn't she know that she's good at it considering she does really well (laughs) in school? She thinks like
1: other people are also good at it. But everyone else has really good scores because they work really hard at it. And, you know, it's somewhat of a struggle. But it comes naturally to her. (laughs) But at home, we get to find out more about the mom. She's very much a stereotype of a feminist, I guess. (laughs) Sort of like a bookish, frumpy, academic, feminist sort of figure. It's very much what people thought of feminists in that time. And... You know, in this movie, we explore how... The mom wants her to go to school and she wants to be an athlete and whatnot. And that's a really interesting conversation. But I just have such a problem with the way they equate feminism with the attitude that she has. Like, that's where the problem lies. It's just very much a stereotype. And what sucks is that this could have been a very interesting conversation about the pursuit of academics versus pursuing an athletic career.
0: Yeah, this is also one of the main issues I have with not just Casey's mom, but with the figure skating trainer, Tina, as well. I think they're very interesting characters and they explore different dynamics around feminism and women's empowerment really well. But the problem is that the way they are characterized is so tied with gender stereotypes that it becomes really difficult for the movie to make any kind of statement about feminism it just becomes too stereotypical and cliche because like you said Casey's mom fits exactly into that typical image of a feminist and Tina also I think you know she was supposed to be the popular girl at school so of course she's blonde and she's conventionally beautiful and when she grows up and she becomes this renowned figure skater she's manipulative she's tough and she'll get what she wants no matter the means that she has to resort to so there's just no nuance to these characters and casey's mom has somewhat of a positive arc where she realizes the issues in her standpoint but tina has no such character development as far as i could tell and i think this is one of the main reasons why the movie feels incomplete to me because it sets up these really interesting viewpoints and themes but it can't explore them to a far enough extent because these characters are holding the movie back
1: you're right the tina storyline doesn't wrap up at all
0: (laughs) yeah she doesn't
1: develop as a character at all here's the thing i think she does but we just kind of don't see it i think my problem with the mom is, like, it could have been a thing where she doesn't think figure skating is a respectable sport or a respectable career to choose. But, like, without... misogyny, Like, you could have still done that. Or even her problem could have been, like, the misogyny that is inherent in these competitions. This is very much a thing that's already present. And the mom could very well be like, I don't want you to be in that environment. I don't want you to be part of this. And if you really want, like, a quote-unquote feminist take on it. If she was a feminist and, like, very well-read and everything, she would kind of know these things. But her only problem is misogynistic reasons. It bugged me to no end.
0: I can see where you're coming from, and I do like your suggestions of alternative conflicts that we could have had between Casey and her mom. The thing is, though, while I don't at all agree with anything that Casey's mom says. (laughs) I can kind of see why she has that perspective because she mentioned something when they're arguing about Tina training Casey. She says something like, you know, no matter how old you get, you still hate the prom queen. There's this dichotomy, right, in society where if you're more academically inclined, you can't be beautiful and smart at the same time. And if you are beautiful, it's kind of assumed that you're not a smart and so I can understand why Casey's mother has this sort of viewpoint where she's like if we are to be taken seriously we have to have a certain image and if we're gonna be perceived as intelligent we can't go around looking sparkly and glamorous you know so I understand that and I think the movie did an okay job at sort of having her realize that this is very wrong, that her stance on feminism is very wrong. The movie starts to turn around that perception, but it just doesn't do it
1: that well. I have a very opposite reaction to that line. <laughs> I found it really insulting that, like, we have this whole really complex, like, situation and conversation that's really interesting. And the writer boiled it down to, this woman is jealous of a prettier woman because we all still hate the prom queen, right? And I'm like, that's not what this is at all. I was just like, <laughs> especially that line, it happened within a scene where they were talking about real things and the mom like made it about herself which is a theme in this movie but like it was already part of the relationship between casey and her mom like with academics and everything like you don't need to shoehorn like oh i always hated the prom queen but like it's such a childish and really sexist thing to say like not like the characters being sexist because she is but like the writing is really sexist
0: i absolutely see your point actually to me initially i was thinking it kind of makes sense because it's been Casey and her mom just the two of them for so long but when her mom feels like Casey's becoming more distant she panics and thinks you know I don't have the same importance in my daughter's life anymore so I got that but actually now that you mention it I don't think the reaction would have been the same if Tina hadn't been tina (laughs) if it had been like a dude coaching her or if it had been someone with a different image i think the reaction would have been very different with this prom queen line and everything you're right that does reek of misogyny on the writer's part
1: and it very much is part of what they're dealing with in this relationship that the mom does feel like her kid is growing more distant and that's a real progression of a relationship between a mom and her kid and it is touched on here, and that's what they should have focused on in place of the prom queen line. She could have even been like, Oh, you want somebody who can teach you XYZ that I can't. Like that feeling of inadequacy as a parent and fear of losing your daughter without making it about what some petty high school bullshit like dude you're 45 years old grow up (laughs) (laughs) yeah i agree with you but following this we see casey watching the skating competition that we mentioned earlier and this is when she realizes that there must be some kind of formula or explanation using physics (laughs) that details the movement of a figure skater. And that will be her special project for the scholarship application that her teacher is helping her with.
0: I feel like she came across that solution pretty quickly. (laughs) Like, she was debating about what she should do the project on for a couple of minutes, and then she's like, Uh (laughs) Aha. It was very fast. I think it would be fine, except this is sort of a recurring thing throughout the movie where her issues become quite easily resolved. She doesn't know what to do for her project. She watches one thing on TV and she's got her genius idea. She's not able to observe the ice skaters. She conveniently has her babysitting recommendations on hand <laughs> to prove to prove how legit she is. She doesn't have enough money for figure skating lessons. She's immediately able to get a job. You know, it's all very problem-solution, problem-solution. It's very formulaic. <laughs> Pun intended. <laughs> Sorry.
1: Yeah, the movie does move very quickly and it spans a long period of time. <laughs> Longer than I realized. Yeah.
0: The pacing's weird now that I think about it, because I did not realize that it spanned so long. It's like two whole years of her life or something.
1: (laughs) I don't mind, but I think this is a me thing, like how I really enjoyed Morning Glory, (laughs) because that also spans a weird amount of time. (laughs) I can understand how that can be very unsatisfying and too quick and shallow.
0: Yeah, I guess it doesn't feel like all these conflicts and problems are intertwined. It just feels very separate from each other. And even though the overarching conflict, it spans out over a good amount of time and we get a pretty good arc on it. It's just the issues that Casey faces along the way. They're just resolved very easily. It just doesn't feel like there was a lot of thought put into it. I can see that. So next thing we see is Casey at the skating rink. And she sees figure skaters there practicing. So she just whips out her camera and starts filming them for her project. And this is a recurring theme throughout the movie where Casey just does whatever she wants
1: (laughs) without asking or... Thinking of the consequences. Yeah.
0: Later on, she just walks on the skating rink in her shoes. She just starts skating behind the Zamboni. After the competitions, she starts skating in the rink I don't even know if that's allowed she just does whatever (laughs) but impulse control aside when she starts filming she immediately gets stopped by Tina this is where Tina the figure skating trainer
1: is introduced she's a former athlete she owns the skating rink and it actually makes sense that Tina thinks she's spying on the skaters because in her world everyone's a serious competitor and this is a real thing people steal routines and shit but it also felt Pretty real that Casey wouldn't know that. Yeah. She doesn't even know that it's a closed. T- she thought it was just like a public rink where people went to skate and stuff
0: yeah Casey is comically out of touch with this sort of thing she just does one spin on the ice discovers she loves figure skating and just throws herself into that world without knowing anything about it it's funny because she obviously has ice skated for a long time and she does have an interest in watching figure skating so it's almost like she's admired the beautiful side of it without
1: realizing
0: the ugly side
1: that would be a really interesting take.
0: I think it would have made her journey more interesting if she had struggled with that more. She does face some of the consequences of being so utterly clueless, you know, when Tina tricks her into using new skates for one of the competitions obviously she realizes (laughs) that she's been kind of naive and there's a lot she doesn't know and needs to learn but I would have liked to see her struggle even more and maybe even come to question her decision at some point and think about the consequences of what she does when she refuses that interview at Harvard you know she never really reckons with her decision
1: that would have been great like an even lower rock bottom she's blown her interview she realizes that she's not cut out for the competition and it's a much more cutthroat world and she maybe like she cries about it and like talks to her mom but then maybe the mom is like i still kind of don't get it (laughs) but it's clear it means a lot to you and now that you see it for what it is but you still have this passion for it this love for it you should try again.
0: That would have been so nice. I think it would have been much nicer than the reconciliation scene we did get between Casey and her mom. I think another character who might have been great to talk to is Jen. One of the figure skaters who does realize the harsh realities of being a figure skater. She's grown up with it. She knows the limitations that figure skaters have to face, especially having Tina as a coach and mother. (laughs) She doesn't let Jen take a break, even, you know, have a burger because she's not losing enough calories. If anyone knows what it's like, both the good and the bad, it's Jen. And I think if Casey were to have this kind of revelation, Jen would have been a great character to guide her through it. Yeah, you're right. But speaking of Jen, she is one of the skaters there along with two other characters who we'll see throughout the movie Tiffany and Nikki or as they like to call her the jumping shrimp yeah
1: that's her stage name Mm. (laughs) but Jen vouches for Casey because she knows her from school and says that you know she's not spying on anyone she's just a nerd with her physics project and Casey ends up getting permission to observe the skaters for her project and she gets all of the parents of the skaters to sign off on it and I think this is also a pretty realistic view at how strict some teams behind skaters or athletes are, whether it be their parents or their coaches or both. And we get this throughout the whole movie. They talk about how much money goes into this, how much each parent is putting into it. And it was never sugarcoated, you know, how rough it is.
0: Yeah, you're right. The movie doesn't shy away from showing the realities that people face when they're in this field. And that's both the skaters, their families the sacrifices they have to make and also someone like Casey who's trying to step into this world again without knowing much about it
1: okay I have to say I've always thought it was really cool the idea of figuring out a formula to figure skating to me that was one of the coolest parts of this movie not even like the competitive skating part
0: I agree I think it is a really interesting premise and I was a bit surprised to see some reviewers sort of hating on the whole idea, but especially with something like figure skating, I think it's fair enough to say that it's an art form, but it also leverages physics to a great extent. So it's like a really interesting intersection between art and science and for Casey to approach it from the scientific point of view. And then there was also this brief moment where Tina was trying to discredit Casey's accomplishment when she did a particularly complex move by saying it was that formula and it was a really interesting theme. And if you were using this sort of formula and approaching it from that scientific point of view, does that take away from your effort? I think this premise sets us up to explore some really interesting themes.
1: If you look at this movie in a macro sense, it's really interesting. It's just like kind of falls apart if you look at it too closely.
0: (laughs) It's like a Monet. (laughs) The further you are, the better.
1: Oh, wow. What a compliment. Are you calling this movie a Monet? No, (laughs) I think I just insulted Monet. (laughs) But yeah, Casey does end up figuring out the equation. And this is a scene that I actually have a big problem with. It's where she explains the equation to her friend. But the friend immediately says, like, it's going over her head. But I'm like, it made no sense to me that the friend wouldn't understand. She's still speaking, like, layman's terms.
0: (laughs) (laughs) It's like if Casey was like, this is a figure skater. And her friend's like, I'm lost. (laughs) Yeah, that is funny. I had a different issue with this scene, which is that we still don't know anything about the friend and we're never going to know more. (laughs) Yeah. I think this is just one of my pet peeves when in stories you have the best friend who's just there to support the main character and that's it. It's like their only purpose to live is to help their friend (laughs) and there's no other aspect to their life because if you take out this character from the story, is anything going to change? No, it would have been interesting maybe if she had contrasted Casey maybe she's really passionate about the thing that she's really good at and that's academics and she's really sure about the path she wants to take so she could have served as a foil to Casey and her
1: journey I think that's a great idea and it would have really highlighted how much even though Casey is really good at physics her heart just isn't in it and how that's okay just because you're good at something doesn't mean that has to be your passion which is also a very interesting conversation that is present in this movie that was one of my favorite things about it that she wasn't actually into physics she's just good at it and you're right the best friend could have easily been that foil because then Casey
0: has these two different examples in front of her one who pursued academics and one who's pursued athletics even though that's not something she wants to do but we would have had a wider range of dynamics to contrast against Casey
1: yeah exactly because Jen is already her foil on one end so the best friend could have easily Been another one on the other side of things. But the one thing that the friend does in the scene, which I don't think had to be her, I think it should have been the teacher because the friend barely listened to enough of her like pitch or whatever to say that it's a little dry. And I'm like, you didn't even let her finish the fucking equation. But it convinces Casey to take a more personal approach. And so she decides that she wants to learn how to figure skate. The problem is that she can't afford it. She finds out that it's really expensive to take classes. And so her solution is to work at the rink, working a food stand. I actually do like this scene because we get to know more about Jen and her crowd. You know, how strict they are with their diet, the way they talk to each other and about each other and about other competitors. And you get a little peek into that world and I really liked it. Now that I think about it, previously we saw Tina talking to
0: Jen about her calories and restricting her diet. And we see Nikki echoing similar sentiments when Jen is ordering her lunch. And I think it's a good hint into the toxic environment of this sport. You know where you have to resort to extreme restrictions in your diet and it genuinely just feels like a hotbed for eating disorders
1: to develop. It was a realistic peek into the toxicity of it. Yeah, I agree. It's a realistic view into that world and that life and I actually think the movie does do something with this that I really like. The thing about Jen just wanting a burger and we see how big of a factor that is in her quitting later on and not just in a like haha funny sense and have that contrasted with Nikki because they do have a conversation about that where for Nikki in comparison to skating giving up burgers and cheese is nothing to her because the feeling of being on the ice and competing is everything it gives her enough joy to counterbalance the you know suckiness of not eating a burger whereas for Jen she doesn't love the sport so to her it doesn't make up for not being able to eat a burger like I'm using a burger in place of a bunch of different things but I think that's a really interesting thing that we do see multiple times throughout the movie highlighted over and over again and I like that the closure for that thread is that Jen decides that she doesn't want to give up all of these things and she doesn't love skating enough to give it up.
0: Yeah you're right i think i just would have liked to see maybe casey's take on it because she's someone who also loves the sport because with jen this is a big factor in her not wanting to pursue figure skating but there's also other factors there's also this fundamental love for the sport that nikki has that jen is missing so i would have liked to see someone who does have that fundamental love Also struggling with the restrictions. I understand athletes have to be disciplined, but sometimes the balance does get tipped. Especially Tina's attitude just gave me the impression that she doesn't seem to value that balance, maintaining both the athletes' professional ability and also their well being, not only their physical health, but also their mental health. I do agree with you that the movie does look into this issue somewhat through Nikki and Jen, but I think the main way they could have tackled it is through. Tina and her attitude towards coaching these kids because she doesn't seem to change her stance at all on the way she coaches them. She goes into the extremes too much and I wish we had seen her reassess her attitude a bit throughout the movie.
1: But even with how bad Casey is at her job, she does get the money and she is in a novice class with a bunch of little kids (laughs) who are very cute (laughs) the thing here that I found really interesting is that Jen is a TA so she doesn't even have the choice to not do that because for other people it's still very extreme and very strict and very disciplined but more so for Jen because it's her mom she can't
0: escape it yeah there's this point in class when Tina asks Casey a simple physics question about what goes up must come down and Casey starts going into the technicality of the science and when she did that I saw a bit of her mother in her where she'll start talking about her interests and someone has to bring her back to earth and i kind of like that <laughs> because it makes sense of her having grown up with this one parent who's obviously gonna have an impression on her and it just makes sense that they're similar in that way
1: you're right it is great to see that in casey but another thing that i like here is that it makes sense for her here to get into physics because she's asked it yeah this is a great way <laughs> of showing her more say nerdy side than it is in the other instances Mm -hmm. another thing we see here is even in the novice class you see how much work you have to put into figure skating like one of the moves that Casey learns someone tells her like now try that about 5,000 more times and I just really liked how consistent the movie is about this even with how young these kids are you see their parents are really intense this is another thing about Tina and Jen like she very much is a stage mom it's like the only thing she values about her kids is her ability to skate and that's a big factor why their relationship isn't great
0: yeah you're right i think the only interactions they have in the movie
1: revolve around ice skating the part that really struck me was how the mom doesn't even care that like jan can't do math
0: right her figure skating just takes precedence over everything
1: and it's not at all that it's just, like, all of her free time is taken up by skating. It is all of her time. Like, her primary schooling is taken away for skating.
0: In a way, Casey and Jen are in very similar situations where their parents are determining their course in life and not leaving any choice up to them because while Casey's mom is forcing her into academics and just assuming that she's gonna go to Harvard like they've always planned Jen's mom is the same but like with an opposite stance towards academics where it just doesn't matter because obviously she's gonna go into figure skating obviously she's gonna become an athlete so her grades don't matter
1: I really like Jen's character I do too but the person we meet is actually her brother the zamboni guy whose name is teddy and casey oh (laughs) casey do whatever i want carlisle (laughs) yes she skates right behind the zamboni and scratches up the smooth eyes and i'm like it's not an etiquette that only skaters know like you wouldn't see someone like mopping the hallway and then you're like oh i've got mud on my shoes let's try to draw pictures Yeah,
0: it was very inconsiderate of her. But in a way, I can kind of see how it falls in line with her character because she just gets so carried away. Her excuse is that she's never skated on such smooth ice before. And that actually makes so much sense in the fact that she just saw this glistening, clean ice and just got carried away by it. Again, it's like her only focusing on the beautiful aspects of the sport.
1: Yeah, but we see them bond. They flirt a little. And she falls and
0: breaks the the padding that they had to wear during training that's so embarrassing honestly I would evaporate if that happened to me like on the spot I'm never seeing this person again honestly it felt real to me absolutely she tries to clean it up but she only picks up about three pieces of styrofoam and then she just fumbles and just makes a quick exit it's all so painful I can't you can't recover from that (laughs) (laughs) Even if I had been considering a career like Casey's at that moment, I'm like, nope, I'm going to Harvard. (laughs) This is it. (laughs) This is, I can never
1: return here. Getting into Harvard is easier than facing Teddy again. (laughs)
0: Absolutely. So at one point, we see Casey's mom coming in while she's working on her project. She's just checking in and they have a conversation about figure skating. And her mom basically talks about figure skating in a really disparaging way. Her take on the, quote, twinkly little outfits and how she thinks they set us back 50 years was just no. (laughs) She's got such a stereotypical pseudo-feminist stance. And I do think that makes for an interesting dynamic between her and Tina because Tina is actually quite similar to Casey's mom in that she followed her passions with determination, except she chose a very different path. And I think it would have been really interesting to have these characters interact more and come to a realization about these very wrong (laughs) perceptions that they've been holding on to all this time informed by these unfortunate experiences that they've had in their past it would have been great to see them letting these very backwards takes go but i don't
1: know that we get that yeah the one scene that we get between them was excellent and i wish we had just gone more of a relationship between those two but yeah the part that really struck me when the mom says really disparaging things about skating is that you kind of see how Casey kind of closes up and you know stops talking about it with her mom and it just goes to show kids really can tell if a parent feels a certain way about their interests or a part of themselves or whatever you know it's very much blamed to somebody who is sensitive to that like to casey who does have a love for the sport because to casey this is a part of herself that her mom will never be able to accept and to her it's such a big thing whereas to the mom it's just an aside that she doesn't even think much about yeah that's a- really good
0: observation and I think it does a good job of showing how your loved ones can also sometimes hurt you unintentionally because her mom really doesn't put much thought behind it. It doesn't even occur to her that Casey could be thinking about pursuing figure skating. She just sort of assumes that Casey is happy with everything that they've got planned.
1: And it's so ingrained into the mom's attitude that Casey even knows from the get-go that she has to hide the fact that she's taking lessons and you know it's hurtful because of how much she loves her mom
0: yeah i think it works especially well because there's been this loving relationship that's established between them from the very start it just makes
1: it even more impactful but at the end of the course casey now is filming the video for her scholarship application and this is the moment where she discovers a love for skating and she discovers how it makes feel and i quite like this scene you know discovering like something that makes you feel alive finally it's definitely more on the over the top side but
0: it is a moment of pure emotion and joy on casey's face which is really nice to see
1: and it makes you understand why she goes to the lengths that she does to pursue it because if it isn't as sweeping as it is then it wouldn't have been worth it
0: i think what we were saying before about making her face the realities of figure skating would have contrasted nicely with this moment And it would have made her drive even more believable because we have this pivotal moment where she's realized that she's got a real passion for this. And it would have been really interesting to see that being tested later on for
1: sure but she goes to a harvard mixer or something on the same night as her recital one thing that i really liked in the scene is the parallel of her saying hi i'm casey carlisle that's similar to the way she said it in front of the camera before she skates i did not catch that oh my god it's one of my favorite things because when she's saying it to the video camera she's actually talking about her passion and she's being honest and she's being real and here she has to to put on a mask and she has to pretend for her mother and for everyone at the mixer especially with the line hi i'm casey carlyle this is the two sides of casey carlyle that's a great observation but she does actually make it to the recital
0: yeah and she's borrowed one of tina's old outfits for this performance and i'm not an expert but it looks like the outfit fits casey quite nicely and i would have liked it If it didn't quite fit yet. Because it would have been like she hasn't really come into her own in her skating journey. And that she's still new and figuring things out. And while this is another step forward, it's still
1: not quite her yet. Because she's wearing someone else's outfit. That is actually the exact reason that I like this outfit. (laughs) Because you're right, the fit would have been a really nice way of doing that but it does look like something from tina's generation and tina's time and something that's handed down it's not her style it's jeweled and bedazzled and it's red and it's more tina than it is her it's something clearly handed down if you know her so i think they do convey that really well with the look of the outfit but you're right the fit would have been a great layer to that as well
0: your point is great too though because the color also stood out to me considering she's always wearing these really cool tones throughout the rest of the movie and her final performance outfit is also cool toned but just much more vibrant so this definitely didn't feel like her at all
1: <laughs> and i really like the focus they give to jen's surprise over casey wearing her mother's costume same it's our first hint to the significance of casey to tina because this is when we realize that you know she's treating casey differently from others skaters and she really does see something real in casey and tina has no delusions about jen being an immensely talented skater tina doesn't have any delusions about jen being the next tina Harwood. yeah that's a great point it's clear now that she has found the next talented skater and she's molding casey into the next tina Harwood the way she has found she can't With her own daughter. That's
0: really interesting. What I'm thinking of now is, you know, with you saying that Tina has found someone that she can mold the way that she couldn't mold her own daughter. I'm just wondering what the implications of this are, though, because we've seen the way that she treats Jen. And I'm just wondering with someone that she can control a lot more what is that kind of control going to look like in the future? And honestly, the ending scene <laughs> makes you really anxious for Casey's future. Yeah. Right before the recital starts, we get the shot of all the students lined up and waiting to enter the ice rink. And I really like the contrast between the other students whispering amongst themselves and Casey's just standing there by herself. And in any situation, her age is enough to have her stand out among these kids, but in this context especially, it highlights that Casey is an anomaly because everyone in the field is starting off At a much younger age than she is. Yeah, it was really interesting. And also she does seem really nervous before the routine starts. And she just all of a sudden becomes fine. But I think I would have liked to see a little detail here about what calms her down. Maybe it's the feel of the ice against her skates or the feeling of gliding. Something that causes her nerves to calm down. And then we can see that she's really at home on the ice. That would have been nice. Because the only thing we get is... Tina telling her to take a deep breath.
1: Yeah, you're right. That would have been a really nice moment to see her gain a moment of clarity on the ice.
0: We have that moment where she executes the spin perfectly for the first time, where it's like a realization that this is what she wants to do. But this is like right before a performance, which is a completely different environment than what she's used to, you know? She's been skating all alone on a pond. So this is a very different environment that she's in. So it would have been nice to have her return to some kind of familiarity about the ice and let that pull her through her nervousness and perform
1: well that would have been really nice
0: it was nice to see that something doesn't come naturally to her the performance aspect doesn't necessarily come naturally to her it's more the feeling of being on ice that's like a familiar feeling than being in front of a crowd
1: the recital goes well but this is a thing that i don't love to be completely honest that she immediately is ranked on par with Jen and the other skaters. Like, they're really serious skaters. And we see later in the competition, like, they're amazing. And I don't quite buy that Casey is already at that level so quickly, no matter how talented. (laughs) Yes.
0: The fact that Casey just seems so naturally good at it, that she's just climbing through the ranks at an unprecedented pace, it feels too easy. (laughs) I guess it depends on your stance, on whether people have innate talent at something or whether what matters more is a talent or hard work. And my point is that Casey does work hard, but I just don't know how I feel about her success, mainly because I think it's being chalked up to her being innately talented. And Casey just hasn't been training as long and hard as these pro skaters have been. It's hard to say how much of success is talent and how much is hard work, but I just personally don't appreciate the insinuation that raw talent is the main driving force behind Casey's success in her her figure skating and leading to her becoming a professional
1: athlete. I agree with you, but I don't think even that they're suggesting that it is like innate talent. Like I think you are supposed to think that she's worked really hard and stuff.
0: No matter how hard she works, she won't have worked as hard as these other skaters have because they've been doing this basically their entire lives. She can't make up all those hours. And the fact that she is catching up to them despite not having done, I'm pretty sure even half the training that they have, I think is just leaning towards the fact that she's just got an inclination for it. And I think Tina does say something to that effect when she's talking to Joan. It's just to me even if she does have that talent to shape that into something that's good enough to be a professional ice skater would take much
1: longer but my problem isn't even like the movie makes her suddenly really good as good as the pro skaters i'm literally saying that she isn't good enough like we saw the routine and then we see later in the competition the routines that those pro skaters do and it's insane and we saw the recital routine that she did so I was just confused I was like is it that easy to get the same ranking as the pro skaters? so that was my problem with it it's not that the movie makes her really good but she's just not good <laughs> yeah, she's not good <laughs> I think they failed at showing that she is great at skating I feel like there's a missing piece here it felt weird to me that it's her first recital and then suddenly like she's saw on the same ranking as the pro skaters
0: yeah i get that but yeah in the aftermath of this performance i guess casey starts to see a real future for herself in this field but tina discourages her and tells her that she doesn't have the means to compete because it's not just talent that matters she's also going to need all these other resources a manager a sponsor etc etc and she hides it behind the you have to want it you can't just do it on a whim but ultimately what she's saying is that you have to be rich and again i think it's a nice insight into this field and she's right
1: it is a very uh privileged position to be able to do this and it is like even though it's not nice or whatever and she words it in a way that is a little like harsh but it is a little bit about respect like casey you can't just on a whim, decide to want to compete professionally. The fact that she has to explain this to Casey, like, I understand why Tina is so harsh with it. And at the end, she does soften up a bit and say, look, I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. And it's all very true obviously like we know later on she definitely manipulates casey to do one thing or another but at this juncture i don't think this was really anything to do with her own interests
0: i like that it's both things that they're highlighting the realities that you have to have certain privileges to be able to pursue this sport but it's also as you said It's a very legitimate reason concerning respect for the sport.
1: And it's not just about wanting something as well. I think that's the part that I would find fault with because sometimes people just don't have the means. It's not as easy as just taking a second job like not everyone can do that for various reasons so it's very much a complex thing like the system is flawed the stance is flawed however they are all factual i i like that complexity
0: yeah and it's framed as something that's accepted as the status quo that's just how things are and i really like that the movie just reflects that as it is and leaves that up to the viewers to realize that this is not an okay thing to accept yeah but regarding the respect thing, I think Tina does realize that Casey is more preoccupied with the beautiful side of the sport. And I think Tina is just doubting that Casey realizes what it is that she's really asking because it's not just about being able to skate all the time. There's so much more to it. There's so many sacrifices that you have to make. And Casey's already starting to make them. But I think it's realistic for Tina at this point to doubt Casey's commitment to this, and, like, to doubt whether Casey is making an informed choice.
1: And I think there is something to realizing that you like something enough to not in this case to not go for the competition maybe you just like skating yeah that's okay too you don't have to compete i don't quite actually understand why casey is so hellbent on competing specifically
0: it wasn't competing that made her feel really happy it was just when she did that move whereas whenever she's about to perform she's really nervous and it doesn't seem like it evokes anything positive for her
1: i would We had had that sense of realization about competing and performing. Yeah. We actually get to see Jen and Casey's relationship, and they seem like decent friends now. And we see the lengths that Casey is willing to go to in order to get enough money to compete. She starts selling her research, an idea that she gets from her teacher. She poaches the skaters that she knows and she starts training them with her formula. Which I really liked. You see how different her approach is to. Comp- competing she is actively helping her competitors it seems like again to her it's not about the winning or anything but yeah it was really nice to see her working with the skaters it
0: was yeah and again i think it just highlights the fact that she's so distanced from the realities of this competitive sport she's treating it the same way she did when she watched it on tv it's all very superficial and on the surface for her she doesn't realize even though she she's been told by tina that people are dedicating their lives and their livelihoods to the sport that it's do or die yeah (laughs) but what i enjoy seeing more is when casey is actually skating just for herself compared to when she's trying this whole competition thing because we do get these intermittent scenes where she's back at the pond behind her house and it cements this belief in us that this really is a passion of hers and i really like the contrast of the quieter moments compared to the more dramatic moments and it convinces me even further that the more she gets into this competitive field the more she realizes that this is not what i wanted (laughs) yeah this is not what made me happy initially it was just the fact that she had the freedom that she gets on ice and the actual sport is
1: full of limitations now that we've talked about it i think the biggest fault of the movie is that they don't recognize a difference between loving skating and loving competitive skating and i think it would have been a much more nuanced and much more interesting take if casey does decide to step away from competitive skating she even says
0: to tina that she wants to give it a try because even if it ends up that she doesn't pursue this It's not because she didn't try. And it would have been equally fulfilling if she had decided to let this go, even more so, I think. Yeah. I also want to backtrack a little. Right before she starts helping people with her science project, there's this scene where Casey's working on her homework and her mom cleans up after her and she puts her skates in the closet. I think we both got the same impression that this movie is quite queer-coded. Yeah! She puts the
1: skates in the closet. It can't get any... More explicit than that. I totally agree. And it's like this journey of like, she's kind of already showing her mom her interests and the side of her. Even if she hasn't said it explicitly, even if she hasn't said, oh, I want to skate competitively. She has shown the side of her and her mother because of her prejudices is actively turning a blind eye to it is constantly throwing little asides. Yeah, she
0: literally said that if Casey were to wear a figure skating outfit that she would cry. And when Casey tells her to come watch her figure skate, her mom is like, I can't, don't ask me. And it's like, she's not asking that much of you.
1: (laughs) (laughs) It's such a one-to-one allegory.
0: Exactly, including when Casey first you know, has that moment of realization that figure skating is what she wants to pursue. That was the moment it struck me that maybe this story has certain layers. I don't know whether intentional or
1: not. It's so like not even a reach.
0: Another way we could look at the scene is as if Casey's mom is cleaning up after her mess, which is The mindset that she very much has that Casey is deviating from the plan that they've built together, that she's creating a mess by not following it, and it's up to her mom
1: to fix things, basically. For sure. Sorry, going back to the queer reading of this film, but like we talked about this when we were watching it, how our first introduction to jen yeah <laughs> yeah is casey basically like ogling her and it's very much like okay so she's in love with the popular girl that's what's happening it right?
0: really seems like that because the way she's looking at her it looks like she's enchanted and it's the way normally a love interest would be introduced at this point point. and actually in that case i guess she's not really interested in teddy at all she just wants his job So that she can hang out at the (laughs) rink the whole time. (laughs) She's just trying to
1: sabotage him. It's also really funny, actually, Now that you mention it, that it's Teddy and he's Jen's brother. He's just supposed to be a stand-in, like a heteronormative stand-in for Jen. You're right. On a similar note, when the mom actually catches her at the ice rink, there's this moment where the mom makes a comment to Tina about you know, the little outfits that figure skaters wear that Tina wore when she was competing. You see that Casey looks so horrified and embarrassed. And I thought that was a really nice moment. She like throws Tina like an apologetic look. And the mom reacts to that as well, where she's like, my kid has this like relationship with Tina Harwood where I'm excluded from that understanding. And it it is a really nice dynamic. And it's really interesting to me that there is a larger focus on Casey being really apologetic about the mom's attitude than it is about her fear of the mom finding out, which I thought was a really nice angle to take in this moment.
0: Those are great points and I totally agree with you. I think it's amazing how much they do with such a short scene. What I really liked was when Tina tells Joan that your daughter's very talented because she could be alluding to Casey's project, but also to her ice skating skills. Oh, yeah. And I would have liked to see Joan misunderstand the compliment. And I think that would have emphasized their different headspaces even more. And their different perceptions of Casey. Yeah, exactly. But I do like the way Tina handles Olive Jones' backhanded. Comments. She doesn't say much.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And it's clear that this is something she's had to deal with all her life. Like, it's very much a common thing, a common misconception about her career and her field. And it's just like, you can see it all on her face. It's so well done. And in this moment, Tina looks at Casey and her mom and, like, understands suddenly the dynamic between them and what's happening here. And she does feel you know sympathetic towards Casey and there's just like this whole thing that goes down in that one moment yeah I think this is why I think Tina is a little bit more fleshed out even though she doesn't have a nice closure at the end
0: I definitely think that she's more of a complex character than Joan and Casey even I do think we get enough on her background and her experiences in this field to understand her motivations I just would have liked to see a character development for her, which we don't get.
1: Yeah, whereas Joan, her flaws are actually just like one thing. They keep ragging on the same thing. They just keep bringing up the same thing with Joan and it's not complex at all. That's my problem. And somehow she comes off looking worse than Tina did. Like she somehow needed a redemption moment. Whereas Tina, we could forgive without one.
0: Yeah, I can see what you're saying. I think maybe it's because we only get to see Joan in one type of interaction with Casey. We get a hint as to her motivations during this one scene when she's talking about how she wishes she could have given Casey more, how she wanted to provide more for Casey. I think she definitely had a foundation there. And I think the internalized misogyny thing would have been great to explore why she became that way. Because in society, there are these expectations that come for women in any given role that they're fulfilling. In Joan's case, if you're an academic, there are certain expectations concerning your demeanor, your appearance, and what kind of things you have to do to be taken seriously in that field. And I think there's enough there unfortunately fueling these very bad perceptions and opinions that she has. So it would have been great to explore why She thinks the way she thinks, and to see her break those perceptions through Casey. But even though these ideas are so built up, we don't get an equal enough redemption. Her showing up to one competition and, you know, just making up with Casey is not enough i wanted her to explicitly acknowledge what it is that she's been doing wrong this whole time if we're talking about it i might as well mention it because there's this one scene where she's arguing with casey and she's like you just want to be all glamorous and casey's trying to explain that it's not just about the glamour but so what if it is so what if this makes her feel beautiful and casey says something like i just wanted to feel beautiful for once and I think that should have been the moment it clicked for Joan, that my daughter doesn't feel beautiful. Like, where have I failed as a parent in her upbringing if she doesn't feel beautiful? If she feels that because of her interests, because she's into science or academics in general, because she looks a certain way, she feels that she's not beautiful. And that's what should have been a turning point for Joan to start to reevaluate her perceptions. But it isn't. She doesn't seem to care (laughs) that... Casey feels that way.
1: Yeah. My thing I think is that the way the movie portrayed this conflict was very one-note. Like I said, she just says one thing over and over again, whereas this could have been an exploration of the nuances of this issue. Yeah, Yeah, but now that Casey's spending more time with the skaters, Jen even goes so far as to take her to a party.
0: (laughs) Teddy also happens to be at the party, and he saves her from another awkward interaction with the other party goers. And I actually really liked the subtle differences in Casey's interaction with the random guy versus her conversation with Teddy because with the other guy, they were standing face to face and it was quite a tight angle, looked almost suffocating. But with Teddy, they were sitting next to each other. It was a wider angle and you just got a sense of companionship and comfort with him.
1: They were giving each other space very comfortable
0: i also don't like casey just straight up reciting science formulas but i did like when she applied her knowledge of physics in the moment the moment does reveal her way of thinking a bit and you can see that teddy also
1: respects it and it was
0: a really nice moment between them
1: like he lets her be herself (laughs) yeah casey ends up training a lot because she truly is gonna compete without a coach.
0: This montage of her doing an impossible number of things worried me so much and also confused me because where is she getting the time to practice enough to do her homework, to sleep, to eat? We do see her falling asleep in class so clearly she's not prioritizing learning at that point. And technically, this is senior year because it's already past summer. Soon, worse. <laughs>
1: but we finally get a confrontation between Casey and her mom because Casey hasn't been around almost at all. And I actually really like this line that the mom says because Casey has been lying and saying that she's tutoring somebody, and the mom is like, <laughs> she calls Casey's student the dumbest ninth grader on the planet. Like, I would also be suspicious if. Casey had said, like, oh, I'm tutoring the one kid every day for six hours a day. (laughs) And
0: she's like, my friend is tutoring too. And it's like, she's also tutoring the same same kid. (laughs) He's got like 15 tutors. We all take shifts. Yeah. I think
1: this is where we start to
0: understand Joan's motivations a
1: bit. I liked Joan's argument. She talks about how she hasn't been able to provide for Casey the way she wanted to. And I love these lines between the two of them where Casey is telling her there's nothing wrong with the way they live. You know, Joan's given her everything. And it's just, it taps into Joan's Feeling of inadequacy. And for Casey, somebody who's only known this life, who loves her mom so much, that's complete bullshit because it very much is fueled by Joan's own insecurities about how her life has turned out. And that would have been a great motivation for why she's been acting the way she has, why she's so against this idea of Casey pursuing you know an athletic career and it's a great parallel to Tina because this means that their motivations and their actions are very similarly tied into the path that their respective lives have taken that they wouldn't have wanted for themselves or their kids
0: yeah it's like they're both using their daughters to retrace their own path
1: I like the scene to me, this scene is more so blatantly queer than the skates in the closet scene. The scene was so, like, scary. Because Casey's is so caught off guard. This isn't Casey voluntarily sharing this part of her life with her mother. It's her mother, like, catching her out.
0: Yeah, with the closet, it was more her mom just being in denial, I think. But this is the moment of discovery. So, of course, it's a lot more serious and scary. Yeah. I do want to say in this scene, when the figure skating outfit comes out of Casey's bag, I really like the contrast between Casey's regular clothes and the muted color palette compared to the screaming red of the figure skating outfit it's the extreme of her mom's expectations because her mom is seeing casey change
1: day by day and this is like the very limit of that even more so because it's tina's outfit it's very much is seeing casey turn into tina again i love the choice of the style and the colors it's just works so well in the scene and yeah it's really well shot too when you see it spilling out of her bag But Casey ends up going to compete. I love that we see
0: Nikki's sweatshirt. It says Nikki and her mom's says Nikki's mom. Relating to what we were talking about before, how parents put so much into this. And it's almost like her mom's entire life is just to do with Nikki and her performance specifically. Like, her career as a figure skater.
1: Yeah. It is really interesting, though, because she even talks about her family applying for a patent for the phrase jumping shrimp or something to that effect. I thought that was really fun and interesting. I I really like Nikki as a character.
0: She's almost like a caricature, but it works. And the actor did such a great job.
1: Another detail that I really like is when they're actually at the you know, arena, I quite like how almost violent they make these competitors act with each other.
0: Yeah, and it's relentless, really. It's not just psychological warfare, it's like physical warfare. Yeah. But even Zoe is nice to Casey after the incident with the ice skates like even she gives her advice even though they're competitors so in that light when we look at Tina I think she's just so horrible because she knows the kind of pain that Casey would go through skating on new skates but She has no remorse for her actions. I think
1: she's just kind of terrible. (laughs) You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because this scene where Zoe is trying to freak Casey out emphasizes how they're all willing to like get down and fight. But there is a line. Yeah. Because when that happens, Zoe isn't like, oh, Tina's already taken care of this for me. You know, Casey's now off the leaderboard or whatever. She goes to tell Casey like, hey, so this isn't normal. I know everyone's been really mean to you and that's normal, but this isn't normal. (laughs) Like there is a line.
0: I just wish that there had been some kind of consequence or even realization. I mean, Tina does know that what she did was wrong, but she refuses to
1: apologize
0: to Casey for it.
1: It's like she didn't learn from her past mistake.
0: Yeah, and she tells Casey that she regrets it. And if she had the chance to change it, she would. But I think it's more that she regrets not being able to continue as an athlete. It's not that she feels bad for what she did in hurting someone
1: else. That's definitely what it is.
0: But basically what happens is the competition is split into two rounds. And Casey does pretty well in the first round. And she places right below... Jen, and this makes Tina nervous because she feels like Casey is edging in on Jen's territory, so she basically sabotages Casey by buying her new skates because Casey doesn't know you're supposed to break them in before you use them, and Casey ends up messing up her routine and her feet get
1: real (laughs) (laughs) painful-looking. Yeah, she's injured quite severely. It's so bad. Well, so Casey... Finds out from Zoe what Tina has done. But because it benefits Jen, she thinks that everyone is in on it. You know, Teddy and Jen. And so she feels very betrayed, understandably so. And she calls her mom, which I think is such a touching moment. When push comes to shove, the mom will come through for her. And this is when we get that fight between Joan and Tina. And I like everything that Joan says to Tina. Like her prejudices are very much still present in her argument but I like that like she's still saying even though I hate all of these things that you stand for you shouldn't have stopped her from doing this my daughter should have been able to do it
0: I also really like that whatever prejudices she has she does set them aside to confront Tina about the fact that she hurt her daughter and Tina doesn't really have a good argument against this because she knows what she's done is wrong So at school, Tina finds Jen because she hasn't shown up to practice. And we find out that Jen has decided to quit figure skating. I think this would be a great turning point for Tina to realize everything she's been doing wrong. But she doesn't really seem to have any kind of epiphany, even as Jen confronts her with all the hardships that she's been through and how she doesn't want to skip school anymore, how she wants to do well in her studies and all these things that she's been deprived of.
1: Yeah, I quite like that we hear Jen talking not only of the quote-unquote fun teenage experiences, but she's talking about, you know, she wants to be good at math and whatever. I really love this scene with Jen and her mom. You see Jen truly seeing her mother's flaws and seeing her just as a really despicable person and how her betrayal of Casey will always shape the way Jen sees her mother. And I think the actor does such a good job in the scene. I think Jen is portrayed really well throughout the whole movie, but especially in the scene. Yeah, she nailed it. Tina also, I love the scene for her as well because she tries to make light of what she's done in regards to the way she treats her daughter. And Jen just completely shuts it down. What I love here is seeing tina really stripped bare for her daughter's eyes and being a mother and realizing that your child is suddenly seeing all the flaws that you have and she tries to take back that control right she tries to twist the reality of things and tell jen that oh it's not that bad we've just overworked you a little we can fix this but jen isn't buying it at all because tina's lost that control of her daughter because her daughter can now see the truly flawed human that she is and it's just a really heartbreaking moment and it's really beautifully done by both actors tina looks so vulnerable in this scene and when she leaves it's very much a moment of like i have to get out of here because i cannot be in this moment anymore with my daughter looking at me like that. I really love the scene.
0: Yeah, it's definitely one of the better scenes in the movie. Jen is beautifully portrayed. The emotions are just perfect. With Tina, I do like her kind of quiet demeanor as opposed to Jen, who was kind of getting more and more hysterical as the scene went on and she started to release all these pent-up emotions. So I liked how she's letting her daughter finally say all these things that have been building up and it's almost like she's assessing where she should go next she says we'll continue this discussion later as if it's not an argument as if they're just having a calm conversation it's almost like she's scrambling to get that control back but I agree they did an incredible job in this scene
1: and it's even more so highlighted on Tina's end because so far she's been portrayed as this really powerful figure
0: and actually I like how our perception of her breaks down the same time as Jen's does and Casey's does because they also saw her as someone to look up to we're also led to believe that obviously she cares for Jen that's her daughter but also we think you know she's realizing Casey's talent and wants to help her so we are also let down at the same time as the girls are and I think that helps heighten the emotion of betrayal and I think again this would have been such a good turning point for Tina and I understand that it's a part of her character that she's not one to address her emotions explicitly but at least show your remorse through your actions you know it could have been something as subtle as her buying jen dinner or like getting her a burger (laughs) i'd really want her to have that burger
1: (laughs) that would have been a great like closing thing
0: or her you know going to the rink the next day and she just automatically assumes the trainer position for casey and it's like it's not something we even have to talk about i'm just gonna help you through this that's the least i can do for you and you don't even have to address it just do it instead we get this whole scene where casey has to convince tina to coach her and Tina's all like if you're here for an apology you're not getting one and it just cements her as someone so obstinate that even after this heartbreaking scene she just reverts back to the way she was she just seems incapable of change
1: yeah you're right her quote-unquote apology should have been her volunteering to coach Casey towards the finals but yeah this is basically all the closure that we get but yeah if it ends here then we're to believe that this is Tina. Moments of realization as she changes, except that we get more of Tina yeah. and she hasn't changed. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> anyway, Casey blows her Harvard interview. I want to fucking smack her in the face. <laughs> Just ace your interview and have that like in your back pocket. Yeah, she walks out halfway through, which makes no sense. Yeah. This is where they used the stock line. I'm not giving up on my dream. I'm giving up on yours, like Casey says to her mom. But I also like that you can see her telling her mom this isn't easy. I don't know. I think they did a pretty good job of showing the internal struggle of this otherwise very overused and like luster line.
0: I think maybe what makes it more impactful is that we don't see the moment where Casey's mom learns about what's happened in the interview. We see the aftermath of it definitely following up from the scene between jen and tina this is not as powerful to me yeah but they did something (laughs) casey just decides to try this thing on her own at first and we see her back at the pond trying to get her routine together
1: but teddy comes to the rescue
0: teddy and zamboni to the rescue (laughs) it's just so funny because he appears at the exact perfect moment right when she's fallen onto the ice and he just comes
1: over the hill really slowly (laughs) on his chariot do you think teddy was like right around the corner and he's been waiting for (laughs) her to fall he's just been waiting
0: for two hours he's like when is the right time for my entrance i think that's entirely likely because how else would the timing have worked out so perfectly
1: maybe she didn't even fall because of her own fault like he actually threw like a rock in her path (laughs) so that he can His entrance.
0: They're just trying to sabotage each other. It's a rivals to lovers story, my favorite.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But Casey finally makes it to sectionals with Tina as her coach. This, by the way, is the moment that I realized the timeline for this movie because she tells somebody that she and her mom haven't spoken in In two months. months. Yeah. And it's so jarring because I thought, oh, it's been a couple of days. And she's like, it's been 84 years. We didn't even get, like, a montage of her and Tina training or anything. You and your montages. (laughs) Well, I'm just saying, like, it conveys the passing of time. Maybe it would have been funny
0: if she's, like, alluding to graduation and we expect it to be her high school graduation, but
1: after the competitions, she's just graduating from Harvard. (laughs) You haven't spoken to my mother in four years. I got into Harvard, but she was still mad. (laughs) Yes, we
0: have the competition, and I think it was at this moment that it really struck me how unrealistic this part is, where these contestants have been training pretty much their whole lives, and Casey just waltzes along with two months training and can apparently stand against them. Yeah. She not only qualifies for these competitions,
1: but she does really well. And they don't even show her doing anything super impressive. It's impressive because I don't skate, but it's not impressive compared to the others
0: Well, you see, after she falls, she only takes about seven seconds to get back up. And when she notices her mom in the crowd, she only pauses for like 10 seconds max. That part irritated me so much because Casey is distracted in the beginning of her routine because her mom isn't there. But when she notices her in the audience, she just stops. She just stops performing and just stands there. And it's like, what are you doing?
1: (laughs) Yeah. Although, I do love her dress.
0: Yes, that has to be said.
1: And I do like how energized she is once her mom is around. She
0: seems so much more joyful as well once her mom is there to support her. I did like that as well.
1: I love how much it's cemented here, but it's clear that her mom really does mean a lot to her. And it's not just because she's her mom like they have a particularly positive relationship
0: yeah it is really realistic that casey would want her mom there and not just as you said not just because she's her mom but because they're friends (laughs) the experience is not complete without her mom
1: the only thing that's unrealistic is that she actually sees her mom like i feel like it's too far away
0: (laughs) they gave her all the ambience and the beautiful lighting as well (laughs) that would make it even harder to see because it's so dim yeah but i'm also like why is she the only one that got the pretty lighting
1: no the others got it too just not blue
0: i don't know it wasn't as pretty maybe casey because she just does whatever she wants she just changed the lighting herself
1: (laughs) she was like wiring up all the lights (laughs) to connect to an app on her phone on her flip phone Mm, on her nokia no she hooked it up to like the coding thing in high school musical
0: oh yeah she's got the test tube as well
1: (laughs) Her teacher is the one (laughs) (laughs) who's
0: doing it. But one thing I did like is we get an overhead shot of Casey skating. And we also got one in the opening sequence. So it was a nice parallel to show how far she's come.
1: Oh, that is nice. So we do get some kind of closure with the mom. And while we did talk about how we wish she would have explicitly admitted what was wrong with her attitude, I do appreciate that she does admit fault here. And I think that's such a big deal, especially with parental relationships, dare say mother-daughter relationships.
0: (laughs) Too often, it's about an unwillingness to forfeit the power dynamic or an impression that if you apologize, you somehow lose respect or lose face in front of your child it was great to see that Casey's mom loves her enough that it allows her to put these sentiments aside and put her misgivings aside. And put her pride aside. Yeah, exactly. And even though we don't see it, I like to think that this is the first step to her also starting to investigate why it is she thought that way in the first place and hopefully dismantling that internalized misogyny.
1: Contrast us with this with the scene between Tina and Jen where you can see that Tina... Tina's pride is getting in the way.
0: We don't really get a similar scene between Jen and Tina. There's kind of a sweet moment when they're both watching Casey and her mom, and Tina is really nervous and takes her daughter's hand for comfort, and that's nice, but what happened in between? Because
1: in the earlier scene, they were just arguing. Yeah, I think Tina is just the kind of mom that will never forfeit that power. (laughs) Just real enough, I guess. It is, yeah. Well, the movie ends with Casey and Teddy sharing a kiss, finally. And I I forgot that that was even a subplot that was happening.
0: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say I kind of wish it had just ended with Casey and her mom, because that was a big thing throughout the movie. And I would have liked it to end on that note, because right after pushing in the thing with Teddy, I mean, it's sweet and all, but it just feels a bit like an afterthought.
1: Yeah, but we actually end on Tina, Joan, and Casey discussing her future schedule as both a skater and a part-time student.
0: All I can say is I hope that she continues to be that excellent at time management because she's gonna (laughs) need those skills. She's gonna have a busy future
1: ahead of her. Well, in absurd conclusion, I think being a skater means you have automatic backing music at all times.
0: That's a given. (laughs) (laughs) I think my favorite conclusion is that Casey was never really interested in Teddy at all She was just trying to sabotage him And take over his job So that she could spend more time at the skating rink
1: And flirt with girls
0: For whatever reason (laughs) Maybe it was to observe them for scientific reasons Maybe it was to observe them for romantic reasons
1: And finally Teddy was hiding in his Zamboni all along (laughs) He had to throw a rock in Casey's path so that he can finally make his entrance in that reconciliation scene.
0: He just needed that dramatic entrance.
1: So how do we feel about this movie now that we've talked about it in (laughs) excruciating detail?
0: Honestly, I think I'm a bit confused (laughs) about how I feel. I think it's definitely got more depth to it than I realized. I don't know how much of that was intentional, and how much of it was incidental. But overall, I think it's more than it seems, which is saying a lot for a movie of this genre with this target audience. You know, you can get away, and lots of movies have gotten away with a lot less. The movie makers did do enough for us to get something out of this movie. I'm just not sure how positive or negative that something is. It's just complex to a certain degree. I don't think I'd recommend it, though. I think we put an effort to find some things and read below the surface, but I think overall, the storytelling, the characterization, especially the dialogue, it really just gets in the way and it's not worth sitting through, I think. What about you? Would you recommend it? I would totally
1: recommend (laughs) it. (laughs) You still think it's a fun time? (laughs) It's such a fun time. Are you kidding me? I think I disagree in that I don't think you have to look far to find, you know, the themes that we're talking about. I really do think it's very on the surface. I think the problem is that their execution is really misguided at times, but it's fun to experience. (laughs) Fair enough. And you get to see, like, skating broken down into physics equations. That was the highlight for me. That
0: was fun. And getting insight into the sport itself was kind of fun.
1: I wish there was more physics, actually. We kind of dropped that halfway through. Like, I wish Casey had been using her research for her own competitive skating. That would
0: have been fun to see.
1: That's what I wanted from this movie. I wanted more math.
0: (laughs) You know, I never thought I would agree with that sentiment, but actually yeah that would have been fun if casey just kept working and working on that equation and by the end of her career as an athlete she could have just patented it and you know become rich she should have already patented it what if the harvard guy steals it
1: he like resents her so much for wasting his time the revenge of the harvard interviewer (laughs) that's the sequel (laughs) So that's all for our episode on Ice Princess. Next time, we'll be discussing Last Holiday. If you have any thoughts to share on the movie, send them in at graveyard underscore slot on Twitter and Instagram or email us at thegraveyardslot at gmail.com so we can share on the podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please
0: rate and review.
1: Thank you for listening and
0: we'll see you on the next episode of The Graveyard Slot.